0: This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruwich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich.
1: Hello and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. I'm Tom Ruetch, and today's episode is called How to Stand Out as an Authority in a Crowded Marketplace. My guest today is Michelle Prince. Michelle is a Chief Difference Maker Best-selling author, motivational speaker, publishing expert, leadership coach, and CEO and founder of Performance Publishing Group, a partner publishing company dedicated to making a difference one story at a time. I like that. She's helped thousands tell their stories and founded the Bookbound Workshop. And Michelle has published many successful books of her own, including her best-selling "Winning in Life Now" and her latest the power of authority. She is known as America's productivity coach. She's a certified human behavior consultant and dedicates herself to helping leaders impact the world using the strengths and talents already within them. She's also a dynamic speaker and has been endorsed by some of the most influential speakers in personal development, including Zig Ziglar, and is a Ziglar Legacy certified speaker trainer. Michelle Prince, Welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show.
2: Thank you, Tom. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, happy to have you here. We've gotten to know each other a bit in the weeks leading up to this. And everything that uh, you say in that bio is 100% true, as I've gotten to know you. You are practicing what you preach, and you've established authority. So let's talk for a moment about the name of that book, The Power of Authority, my business, Story Power marketing. What are we talking about here? Power that comes with authority.
2: I know, I love it. We we are so aligned in that. Yeah, so when when I wrote that book, it's 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 kind of a play on words and that is you can't spell authority without author. So okay. and as a publisher, you know, I do believe that your book is your business card and it's one of the ways to build your authority. But when I think of authority, I think of influence. And I think of mm-hmm. not just the ability to share what you know, but authority is the ability for people to want to listen to what you have to say, because yep. you you've you've earned that right, and so it's there's power in that because you can reach so many more people when you have authority in the mind in the minds of others.
1: Yeah, and so where does the book come in? Because that's a central part of your business. How does the book help you establish authority?
2: You know, it is, and and I. I always preface it by saying you don't have to write a book in order to have authority because you, mm-hmm. many of you do in your own right. What a book does is it just it accelerates that authority. And it also just allows you to, to broaden whatever your platform is. Um, I, I, I believe that it's the door opener. I think it's your business card. So it is one of the ways. But you're also building your authority on a stage. If you're speaking through coaching, podcasting. I'm a huge, huge believer in podcasting same thing. You're getting your authority out there with your message over the airways versus just on paper.
1: Yeah. And and one that you left off the list just now, but was right there in your bio, you establish authority by hanging out with, and let's be blunt about it, name dropping people with massive authority with whom you're affiliated. Zig Ziglar. Yes. Yes. Doesn't get much bigger than that, right? <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: I'm incredibly grateful. My my parents, uh, when I was 18 forced me to go to one of his conferences. And yep. but that really lit a fire in me to want to work for him. And I did right out of right out of college, really. And wow, right. I stayed affiliated with him through the years. But yes, that definitely does help.
1: <laughs> yeah. And 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 so tell me something about. Authority business building there. I'm sure you have a stack of things you could share with me, but what are some of the key things you learned from Zig Ziglar working so many years ago with him about authority and about building a business and standing out in that crowded marketplace?
2: That's a great question. Thanks for asking that. You know, I got to see Zig behind closed doors, and Mm -hmm. when I think, and he had authority, right? I mean, he was top of the game in terms of speaking, but what I saw more than anything was just integrity and treating everyone with the utmost respect and kindness, um, but also not being afraid to stand up for what he believed in. And I learned more about business just watching him than anything. Um, He said no, just as much as he said yes, because it didn't align with his values.
1: Yeah and and I love that and and those things that you're talking about values integrity honesty um being a straight shooter all of that stuff you used a you talked earlier about the idea that when you build authority you uh, people are more likely to want to work with you mm-hmm. but people are not likely to want to work with you if you don't possess those qualities that you just described. And and so you can have a book, you can be um big time. And you know, let's face it, you also can be an asshole. And yeah. nobody want and and nobody wants to work with you. And there are a lot of those out there, you know, the pitch and prod, you know, uh My friend Kat Stanzik talks about bro marketers who are just in your face. And um, so I love the fact that you noted that about Zig Ziglar because really the ones who have the greatest authority and are building the bonds with clients and really leveraging that authority are also people of great integrity and honesty and, and the people that you want to hang out with and learn from. It's a huge part of the business.
2: It is. It's the foundational part of it that a lot of people overlook, you know, and, and Zig even talked about that in his book, See You at the Top. I mean, the laying the foundation before you can go up the stairway to success. So you can have goals, you can have, you know, all of these things for your business. But if, it, if it's not based on the, the, you know, the house built on sand, right, it's not going right. to stand. So you got to have that. But, um, but then aside from that, though, you have to also work at thinking about, well, who is it that you really want to help? I think authenticity okay. goes along with integrity. And I think we can we can feel if someone's being authentic or not, right. <laughs> you know? And so finding out, well, what do you want to help people with and who are those people authentically? helps a lot in building your authority.
1: Yeah, and prospects and clients know it. If you're talking to them and you don't know them and you don't understand them, they're not going to want to know you. They're not going to want to do business with you. And so how does that principle carry into the process of building a book or building authority through the other ways that you mentioned?
2: So we, yeah, a friend of mine, Bob Berg, had a quote that people do business with those they know, like, and trust. And that is, obviously, we know that, right? But if you think of it in terms of a book, it is the easiest way for the people that may work with you to get to know, like, and trust you is to know your story. I call it the backstory. I mean, we're all fascinated with people that are successful. But I think most of us, or at least for myself, I'm more curious on The backstory. How did you get there, or why did you want to get there? Yep. And when we know that, this is something I teach with our authors too. Is like, instead, don't just write a book. Be on a mission because people want to get behind a mission when they know your backstory and they know why you're so passionate about that subject.
1: Yeah, Um, and 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 the thing about a backstory that I talk about the origin story, the backstory, whatever you want to call it, is I think that so many business people make the mistake of just starting with the backstory and just droning on and on and on about my legendary origin story. I grew up a poor child in the hollers of Kentucky and I clawed my way out and and here's the garage where I invented the widget and blah, 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 blah. That stuff is great. Only if the details of your journey are relevant and reflect back on the journeys that your prospects wish to take. And that I think is the greatest mistake that storytelling coaches and storytellers themselves make. They just decide, all right, uh, backstory. Okay. I'm going to just start spouting details about me. No one cares
0: unless.
2: Oh,
1: sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: I was just going to say particularly like on a podcast, for example. Yeah. Uh, you, you're a host. I'm a host. So we know how this goes. You, you know, the dreaded question. So so tell me your story. Tell me your backstory. Right. And some people know how to answer that irrelevant to whoever's listening. And other people just have no idea. And they'll just go on and on and on and on and on. So right. that is such a beautiful point you just made. Your story, what you share, has to be relevant to the person reading it or listening to it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm I'm in process. We've talked about this. I'm in process of of finishing a book. Yes. And one of the stories that I tell is the fact that I have a pair of shoes that I kept all these years, and the shoes literally have holes in the soles because I wore them all the time. They were really comfortable. I love the shoes, and I wore them all the time when I believed that sales was all about numbers, knock on every door, on every floor, cold call until my throat was raw, hustle, 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 hustle. And I was not at all back in those days tuned in to building human connections and starting with knowing my prospects. Back in the day when I kept those shoes, I thought that they were a symbol of my great hustle. And I, I thought it was kind of cool that I had these shoes with holes in them. Now I kind of view them as uh kind of a misguided boyhood adventure, you know, mm-hmm. that I I saw it wrong and they're they're kind of a cautionary tale for me. And I share that idea that that um I have these shoes and my journey was evolving from this pitch 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 prod 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 hustle 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 journey to one where it began with let's understand who our prospects are let's connect with them let's build authority authentically and that's what i'm presenting to my clients and so that you know the the prospects who are stuck in this mode of I, i just have to send more emails i have to post more to social i have to knock on more doors they're going to hear my story Mm -hmm. and it's going to ring true to them and they want to escape the same prison that I escaped. And so my story is relevant. I have a million stories about myself that I could tell 999,000 of them might not be relevant. (laughs) And so you have to, you have to choose the right ones. Don't you, Michelle?
2: Definitely. I laugh yeah. when you talk about your shoes because, you know, I started my career and in, in, in back in the day too, that, that was how sales training was. Hustle, 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 cold call, right. cold call, go through a building. I sold copiers for a while. So I, yeah. I well, remember yeah. that hustle and, and, and nobody talked about the relationship building part of it. And so thankfully things have shifted.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and so story is a huge part, obviously, of what you bring to your clients, what you preach to them. Stories are a big part of the book, but also part of being on stage and so forth. So talk to us a little bit about your approach to storytelling, what what advice you have for our listeners and viewers today as they think about, well, how do I do this? How do I establish my authority with storytelling and, and other content?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, there's, and there's a lot to that question, but specific to let's say somebody who wants to do speaking or coaching or something, you know, we all want to relate to somebody. Nobody can relate to perfection. So if you come out like, Oh, I'm so successful and this is what I've done. Not many people can relate to that, so it's like, what was your journey mm-hmm. relevant to what you're teaching them, right? And so when I when I speak or when I when I go on stages, I share the part of my journey that. When I had kind of a a transitional part of my life, you know, I, I, when I met Zig, that was a big piece of it, but then I left Zig to go into uh, software sales and I kind of got trapped in the, you know, the ladder leaning up against the wrong wall
1: right? (laughs) Uh and
2: having to go through that journey. And so what I'm trying to do there, and this is a, this is a term I learned years ago in speaking that you cast a net, Mm -hmm. meaning what can you share in your story that the majority of the people listening to can relate to? Yeah, and it's not a manipulative way. It's more thinking of who is in my audience. I mean, at the end of the day, when we share our stories in a book, on a stage, on a podcast, it's for the listener. It's not for yeah. us.
1: Exactly. Yeah. What is
2: it that they need to hear that you could share something about? That would yeah. Be cool?
1: And I I want to jump on that word manipulative because you you emphasize this is not manipulative. I infer from the fact that you chose to say that, that you run into people, as I do, who are really concerned about being manipulative in their marketing. And and in, in in, in my world, I talk about it all the time with my clients, and the idea of casting a net, understanding the journey that they're on, connecting with them, making it relevant, that's all about saying to a prospect, I know you, I get you, I care about you, I empathize with you. Yeah. And that's authentic, and that's beautiful, and that's powerful, and there's nothing manipulative about it. And so I, I, well, I had I to say, jump on that because it it's, it's one of those things I hear too often from prospects, and I get it. I get that they feel that way. But well, uh, what's... Especially yep. when
2: you're trained to do something a certain way or present the, the service a certain way. I can remember a story when I was in software sales. I hadn't thought about this till you just said this. Um, but I was in software sales. I had already resigned that I was quitting that job because I was yep. not happy in, with that particular company. I th- I think I already had another offer on the table. And I went on this sales call, not pitching, not pushing, not like I have to make this sale in order to make my quota and all that stuff. I had no... I had no skin in the game at that point, so I literally was just so authentic, and you know, I remember saying like, you know what, we're probably just not the right fit for you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that often, that like that was just like a uh, the person listening to me like, wait, what? They were yeah. offering me a job, actually, which is oh, really I love funny. it. <laughs> when, <laughs> I, like, love I remember it. thinking back like, why was I so unsuccessful in sales? You know, with people like him before, and then. What was that? It was me coming in authentically and not thinking of my outcome yep. of making the sale. Instead, I was like, you know what? We're really not the right fit for you. Yeah, you know, let's move on. Yeah. I don't know. That may have yeah, been no, a random I mean, comment to make, but that.
1: Well, re- no, I think it's a really critical part, and I I think it speaks to one of the ideas of uh, of authority building that mm-hmm. that um, underlying that story is the notion that you can't be afraid to lose the sale or to say no to the sale if you're desperate if you're in the mode of I have to make the sale at all costs then um, at best what you're going to do is end up with a client who probably wasn't a fit and is going to leave you sooner than later yes Um, at worst they're not gonna they're gonna figure it out and they're not gonna do it with you and that desperation and that sales at all cost mode mm. is just authority killing. It yeah. just makes you look feeble and weak. And, and so what you're talking about, it being able to say to somebody, I've listened, mm-hmm. I see your problem, I'm not the person for you, um, let me introduce you to somebody who is, yes. um, the who can help you, that's operating from a position of strength.
2: Yes. And you know what? That person will probably go to another company. To, you never know where you, you, your roads will cross again. Right. And so when you do the right thing by people, it, it just it goes back to Zig's most famous quote. You can have everything in life you want if you just help enough other people get what they want and nobody yeah. else sold to or, or given something that they don't need.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned Bob Berg and Bob Berg and John David Mann are the co-authors of the Go-Giver series. Yes. And the first Go-Giver book, and really in in many ways, all of the Go-Giver books have protagonists who are in that mode, who are taking that journey from sort of desperation and got to make the sale at all costs, especially in that first book, um, to realizing just what you said. No, you know, not everyone is a customer and it's give before get. And when you do that, you're the one in the position of authority and power. You sure. stand out. Yeah.
2: It's kind of like what my mom always told me treat people the way you want to be treated. I mean, it's simple. It
1: yeah. I think Zig said that too.
2: Yeah. I think she got it from him, I think. Yeah.
1: So uh, a lot of people, when you start talking to them about, write a book, get on stage, so on and so forth. Two things that I hear. Number one, I don't have it in me. <laughs> and number two, I think I could pull pull this off, but I don't know where to begin. <laughs> so assuming that there are some people in the audience nodding their head right now. Yeah, that's me. Uh, Tom nailed it. Um, talk to us about that. I don't have it in me. I don't know where to begin.
2: Well, I'll start with that because everyone feels the same way. Who cares about my story? You know, my story's Mm -hmm. not that unique. I haven't been through anything traumatic or, you know, I haven't, you know, I'm not at the height of my career yet. The the point is, is every, everyone has a story. Every story matters. If you've connected with any human on the planet at any time in your life, then you have a story and you connected with that person through your story through, Mm -hmm. Hey, I grew up there too. Or, Oh, you know what? I, my kids are, they went to the same school. You're connecting through your stories. Mm-hmm. Where I come from is, well, what is it that you are so passionate about, and you have experience doing that? You could you could merge the two to to write a book or a program or a podcast that could could be something that you know you could help somebody with that information because you've lived it, you've done it. Whether it's starting a business, running you know a family, whatever it is, writing a book and then you have the passion. See passion to me is super important in this. There's no limit of things somebody could write a book about. There's no limit of things that they could teach somebody how to do. It's but what lights you up. And when you're doing it, like it's 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 um that passion pulls you. You don't have to push it if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And I never set out to help people with a book, but I got so passionate about helping people to find their stories because so many people were like me where they're like who who do I think I am? I don't have a story. I said the same thing. I'm no Zig Ziglar. But when you realize that you do, and if you look at your story as the ability to make an impact in someone's life, it, it's much easier. Right. Part two of your question is how?
1: Yeah.
2: I mentioned a little bit of it. Passion and experience are, are the key ingredients. And what I have our, our authors do, and when I do my bookbound workshop, we do this where you you write down everything you're passionate about on a T-chart, you know, just on left side of the t All your passions, you know, nothing to do with a book or a business, but do you love to garden, travel? I'm passionate about personal development, the beach, Mm -hmm. you know, anything that comes to mind, you put on the list. Then on the right-hand side of that T-chart, you write all of your experiences. Mm -hmm. I've been in sales. I wrote a book. I worked for Zig. Some of those, you know, experiences that come top of mind. But with experiences, also things that happen to us that maybe we didn't want to happen. Maybe we Mm -hmm. bankruptcy, divorce, abuse doesn't mean you'll ever write a book about it, but if you are, for example, passionate about, you know, maybe you went through uh, bankruptcy because you had a failed business, but you're also passionate about helping startup business owners to learn the ropes and how to build a successful business, there's a connection there. Mm -hmm. And that's the key for your story is because there's a million things you could write about or talk about, but... What is it that you know you can help somebody learn personally or professionally? And you get such joy and fulfillment when you're sharing it.
1: Yeah, I love that. And and the framework that we share at Story Power is you start by thinking about the journeys that your prospects wish to take mm-hmm. and you know the before and the after. And then and, and so this, this fits within your framework because you're writing down those things you know you're writing down those things you've experienced and back to that initial point that list of things you're going to edit that list because some of them are relevant to the journeys that your prospects want to take and lots of them aren't yes but you don't you don't know what to include you don't know which anecdotes to share and which elements of your experience to share until and unless you really know why is it that my prospects Care What is the journey that they're trying to take? So I love your framework because it it positions you to to connect those dots and share those fables, those parables, those stories with a meaning, um, as opposed to just dishing out a bunch of anecdotes that have no meaning, that aren't relevant.
2: I think most people I know I did for years don't really they don't connect the dots they don't see that like yeah I've did that or I've experienced that but but so's everybody else mm-hmm. they, they don't understand that they're it's their perspective on that that situation that somebody else could relate to. Zig used to say this too. He he was a big proponent of people writing, telling their stories, and writing mm-hmm. books and things like that. And he would say it was it's more about the person you become as a result. Mm-hmm. Of sharing your story. Because it's yeah. like you do, you it's almost like you're getting this insight into who you are and you know what your gifts, your talents, your strengths, and why you were created. That all kind of comes out in the process of sharing your story or figuring yeah. out your
1: story. Yeah. And and we've used that word journey. We're all mm-hmm. on these journeys, yes. and the journeys that we share should be relevant to the journeys that that our prospects are on. And and um what what we're also talking about here, I think, is that a lot of times when you're writing it down or recording it, because it doesn't have to be written, it could, you could start right. by just talking into your phone or, or your watch if it has that capability. When you're taking it down, oftentimes you don't really know what the story is about. No. You discover it as you. Work through it, and it's a really powerful and profound thing. When that happens, you realize, "Oh, this is cool. This is my my prospects and clients are going to love this." How it it, you're nodding, so I assume you agree. Is how do you how do you draw that from your clients? How do what do what are some of the habits? I guess would be the question that you encourage your clients to get into to begin to. You know, discover, discover these that. stories that might be hidden at first.
2: Well, we do a lot of different exercises. That one I mentioned just starts it, but then I love mind mapping. That's one of the yep. ways that I do all of my books. I don't, I didn't come up with mind mapping, but it works beautifully for book mm-hmm. writing because it's just really like you, everything you would ever put into a book or on, in a podcast or or out there to build a platform. It's all in your head. It's the hard part is organizing all those thoughts, Mm -hmm. but once you get it all out, I I, I like to say, it's like throwing spaghetti up against the wall, see what sticks. (laughs) And then you can kind of move things around. One another thing, this may sound silly, but this works for me. And I've shared it with some of our authors too, is, you know, we all have that core message that, that, you know, that I, I go back to the passion and experience. It's just kind of like, what lights you up? What do you know? What do you share with others that you know helps them? But if you put yourself in a a situation where pretend like you are going to lunch or breakfast with the most important person in the world to you, it could be your best friend, it could be your spouse, your child, Mm -hmm. and they come to you. And whatever your expertise is, and they come to you begging and pleading for your help. I'll give you the example of, like, I wrote a book, uh, Winning in Life Now, and one of the sections was goal setting. So let's just say my son, one of my boys, comes to me and says, Mom, I'm desperate. I'm I'm struggling. I'm not a winner in life right now. I need help. And you have one opportunity to share with that person everything you know, and -hmm. then they're going to go away to never be able to help them again. What would you say? Yeah. I believe that, I mean, most of us, when somebody's in need of help, we don't think, we're not like, oh, let me be profound. We're just sharing what we, our core of who we are. That's our exactly. core message. And exactly. so that's one of the ways I like to have our, I, you know, if they don't feel comfortable just visualizing it, I, I pretend like, well, then pretend you're writing them a letter.
0: Yeah. And,
2: and what would you say to them? And one more thing I'll add to this, and I really have done this to some of our coaching clients who I know want to do speaking. And I say, imagine that a local women's group or whatever group calls you today and says, "Our speaker for tomorrow morning just back
1: out.
2: <laughs> you had thirty minutes. What would you tell this group? Yeah. What would it be? And that's kind of like the core of who you are. And yeah. and, and it, it, there's a lot more to it, but.
1: So it, it, that begs a that begs a question: How often, when somebody comes to you? with some sense of what they're all about, what the big idea is, what their grand gift is to the world. How often does it change as they go through this process?
2: Oh, gosh, I love that question. Because so this workshop that I do is called Bookbound. uh, And people come, obviously, who want to write a book many of them have preconceived notions of what that book should be about. And then once we go through these exercises and and really dig deep into who they are and what their core message is, they realize they were probably being a little too surface with Mm -hmm you know, and I'll use my example. So for years, all those years, I was in software sales and working for Zig and sales and all that. I knew sales. I knew I was supposed to write a book at some point. And I really thought, well, I'll just write a sales book, you know, cold calling 101 type of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I really did think that. And, and, and every time I thought about doing it, I was like, Oh, I could, I had the experience, but I had no passion. (laughs) Right. Um, So I I think, Oh, you know, and I kind of lost my train of thought on that because I kind of had my little squirrel moment with with that. Uh, yeah, the, the
1: the the transformation that people go through when yes. they they go through these exercises.
2: Like when I realize I have so much more to say than just teaching somebody how to cold call, and if I was just really honest with, you know, what what I'm passionate about, I love personal development, I love encouraging people, um, mm-hmm. and inspiring them. That's when I was like, this is what I just do naturally. Yep. Why not put it into a book? So that core yeah. message is just who you are naturally.
1: Yeah, and and I think that what you're describing, it, you deliver a set of of tools and exercises and guidance and coaching to help business people go through this perhaps for the first time or to hone their skills at this, but it's not a one and done thing. It's a, it, you really have to develop the habit of put down what you what's on your mind. You have an experience recorded. This is one of the things I really coach uh, my clients be in the habit of noticing things around you notice looking inward and noticing things about yourself and writing it down or recording it because it's a constant discovery exercise that makes you better and connects you with your clients better.
2: Oh gosh, I couldn't say that better because this literally just happened to me. I've been working on my 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 next book for, for a little too long. It's I've literally been <laughs> working on it for a couple of years now, and uh-huh. for different reasons, other priorities have come up. But I it's been complete except for the the first part. Of it. I just it wasn't right. It wasn't right, and I really couldn't figure out why and literally last week I got up at 4 30 in the morning for no reason and I just came up to my office here sat on my chair and I grabbed my phone and I just started talking I didn't even have it like okay this is going to be for chapter one I just started what's on my mind what what is it what am I really trying to say to somebody and an hour and a half later I had all of these recordings that I transcribed and it ended up being exactly what was missing in my book.
1: Yeah, I love and it. it.
2: And it was I just it. talking on a recording. Now, some of it I cut out and I won't use, but but a lot of it I am going to use. So you just don't know until you start, you know, writing or recording like you just said. I love
0: that. Yeah.
1: yeah, I have a post on my website, it was an email I sent to my list. I think the subject line was something like why great creators noodle, doodle and jot. And <laughs> and what what you described is is that very thing sitting down and just talking you know noodling mm-hmm. uh, doodling putting down ideas you weren't thinking this is going to be chapter 1 or this is tomorrow's email or this is a linkedin post you just were letting it out mm-hmm. and so often there's profound discovery that happens when you do that. So I love that story. And I, and I'm happy for you that uh, now that now you can uh, get the book uh, out the door and and all of us can go buy it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Uh,
1: so speaking of that, speaking of buy it or, or uh, connect with you, where can people go to learn more about Michelle Prince and in answering that question Describe the best entry points and and ways that people who find their way to you can get started.
2: Yeah, you bet. So, performancepublishinggroup.com is is just our our main page. And then within there, you can link to bookboundworkshop.com. Those are two great resources for people that are considering getting their story out of their head on the paper. Mm -hmm. Um, but beyond that, michelleprince.com has has some other resources, you know, more on the speaking side, training. I, do, I love, I, I do a lot on that side of things as well. But, um, and then of course, social media. I'm not the best on social media, but if you were to find me, I'd probably be LinkedIn and Facebook.
1: <laughs> yep. yep. Any parting thoughts, anything that we haven't talked about that you feel like the audience needs to know?
2: Hmm just to reiterate that everyone has a story and mm-hmm. we we really minimize we we dim our lights so much but what's really amazing and what i see all the time is when we just have a little boldness and, and realize, you know what? I do have something to say. And I do have something that I feel passionate about helping people with. And just owning it, you empower people. When, when you take action, other people feel inspired to take action. So telling the yep. story isn't just about you. It, I mean, it's it, it feels like it is, but it's not. Somebody yep. out there needs to connect with you at that level because that yep. could be what they need to inspire themselves to move up.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. We went full circle here when you use that word empower, because Mm -hmm. really what we're talking about is if you do this right, as we've been discussing, where you're really connecting with the journey of your prospects, then what you're putting out there, whether it's a book or a blog post or a speech is a gift to them. It's empowering them. It's not some pitch and prod and pull, you know, come, come give me your money. It's, it's giving them something that will lift them up, that will offer them insight, that will that will uh, enable them to act with your help and your guidance, perhaps. But it's still a gift to them, and so that word "empower" and the word "power" in your um, in in your title is so critical because uh, I think there are a lot of marketers and salespeople out there who want to be powerful and ab- embrace that notion of power, but they're thinking about it differently. Yeah. They want to, you know, they want to, uh, the, their prospect is prey. They want to exert authority rather than, than, um, leverage their authority to help and to give and to empower. And so I love the way that you phrased it. I love everything that we've talked about today. And please, everyone, go check out Michelle's stuff. It's going to be in the show notes. Connect with her. Raise your authority. Go out and help somebody else. And uh, Michelle's the one who can help you do it. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, Michelle. We'll see you down the road.
0: Thanks. Listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com resources, where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails. Download free business building resources and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.